If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get started, a quick reminder that SeatGeek is the best place to buy tickets to concerts and sporting events. It's the easiest, simplest way with a seamless mobile experience. Two taps is all it takes to buy tickets, and your seats are fully guaranteed. So if you want to be in the building on Monday, you can get in the door for $51 if you use SeatGeek. $51. I'm looking at it right now. Section 336, three tickets. That is insanely good value, and there's great value to be found all over the lower, middle, and upper bowls of the stadium. SeatGeek can save you time and money because they search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals, so you get the most bang for your buck, and you get something that fits your budget. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, concerts, comedy, theater, the whole nine yards. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase, so that 51 could turn into 31 Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-F-L today. That's promo code L-O-N-F-L for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Calling an audible this morning. No Sage Rosenfels, but in his place, Arif Hassan filling the large Sage Rosenfels shoes. My name's Sam Ekstrom, the host of the show. Arif, good morning. Hello. It's It's quite a task you've given me. I don't know if I can do that. It is a very high bar, but I think you can manage it. We're just going to talk a little bit about the game last night and chat about the games this weekend, and maybe we'll get a Vikings prediction from you at the end. But were you as flabbergasted as I was by the result of last night's game? Uh, And I picked the Chiefs to cover, but I did not think they would win, and I especially did not think they could win in that sort of dominating fashion, really making the Patriots' defense flat out look silly. Yeah, for sure. I also had the Chiefs covering. I actually had gotten into a little bit of an argument about that with a couple of people uh, that are our colleagues. So, um, uh, you know, reveling in that victory a little bit, but certainly didn't pick the, the, the Chiefs to win. And what's even more astounding, I think, about the sheer dominance of their victory is how slowly they started and how quickly it looked like it was just turning into a Patriots route. You know, I thought I'd lost the argument uh, well into the first quarter. You know, you had that early turnover. The Patriots were up by... Uh, you know, another touchdown should have been up by an, by even more. Uh, and it was interesting because, you know, you think of a Bill Belichick team, you think of teams that are traditionally well-coached, you think of teams that adapt well, especially at halftime. Uh, and it seems like the opposite was true for the Patriots. I mean, the Chiefs kept doing kind of the same things over and over again. You know, RPOs, speed options, shovel passes to, to their tight end. The Patriots couldn't adapt, and they just kind of fell apart. It was, it was stunning in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, New England didn't run the ball well. And, and of course, you know, the guy who scores all three of their touchdowns, Mike Gillisley, I think myself and probably hundreds and thousands of others across the country probably had him on their fantasy bench. But I didn't watch the whole game. I saw it most of the fourth quarter. I mean, Brady was not getting protected well, which was really atypical, I think, of that New England line. You know, usually they get stronger in the fourth quarter, but they seem to uh, really struggle offensively. And then on the other side in the running game, Kareem Hunt, uh, I think our guy Luke Inman has been touting this Kareem Hunt dude for months. And he saw him at the Senior Bowl. I think he chatted with him, actually, at the Senior Bowl. And he just blows up for, you know, 246 all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. He was catching it deep downfield. What? I mean, where did this guy come from? Unreal. Yeah, Luke and I actually were watching them in the in the in the prep for the Senior Bowl. We were looking at, you know, a couple of the Toledo guys, the tight end Michael Roberts, you know, one of those guards. Uh, and uh, and we weren't actually even initially looking at Kareem Hunt, but he just you know popped off off the tape, and of course he did. You know, he's playing in the MAC. You know, he's running over teams like Ohio. You know, have you know their own their own set of pretty good prospects. Uh, we start watching this guy, and you know, I think one of us at some point said Marshawn Lynch, and then we you know walked away from it. That's ridiculous. But you know, the the way that he plays, at least, is certainly reminiscent, right? He's always moving forward. He's got these powerful legs. But the thing that stands out about him isn't necessarily athleticism. It's just this incredible balance that you just rarely see out of running backs. And you know, Luke and I have talked a lot about this guy. We were like, you know, he's a great, you know, third round pick. It sounds like he's going to get picked in the fifth round. We think that's way too low. Uh, and you know, it's just. And then of course. Uh, you know, things blow up, you know, people talk about him going in the first, we wanted to walk back. It was just, it was just it was such a weird thing, you know, the way that Kareem Hunt kind of blew up and then calmed down and then calmed way down by the time the draft actually arrived. A lot of people forgot about him. He wasn't even supposed to start the game. You know, Spencer Ware was injured. Uh, he fumbles the very first carry. He didn't fumble, you know, uh, you know, for I think like 799 of his carries in college. Just ridiculous. Uh, and then... And then he goes off. Uh, he would get an astounding game from this guy. Even even the, the biggest proponents, Luke included, uh, probably couldn't have seen this coming, especially against a defense that bottled up, you know, Le'Veon Bell and then D'Angelo Williams in the playoffs. Yeah, just ridiculous. Last one on this game. I'm assuming that Eric Berry tore his Achilles. I mean, it, did, it didn't look good. Uh, looks like a pretty serious injury for Barry. Danny Amendola, probably a concussion. And I don't know if he can withstand many more of those. He's had a lot in his career. And he was the favorite target of Brady before he went out. Which do you think is going to harm their respective team more? Yeah, I think, you know, from the perspective of the player, I think that additional concussion is worse. But from the perspective of the team, you know, I have to go with the Chiefs. I think that the way that they designed their defense relies a lot on Eric Berry being able to do some of the amazing stuff that he did in that game. He almost took away uh, Gronkowski entirely. I mean, he got, you know, a little lucky with, you know, there was a holding call that took back, uh, you know, one of them. There was, a, there, you know, Gronkowski had a rare drop in the end zone. You know, it's rare stuff, but just generally speaking, you know, Eric Berry did a phenomenal job covering an uncoverable human. Uh, and it's something that, you know, he's been good at throughout his career. It's stunning, you know, the way that he came back and was able to play at all, much less at the level, the all-pro level that he's been playing at. And I think the defense is really kind of designed around, you know, his ability to man uh, the center field. Like, I think Marcus Peters, for example, is kind of a luxury for them. They're, they're really built off of those outside linebackers and that safety. So I think it's going to be more difficult for them to adapt to not having Eric Berry than it is, I think, for the Patriots, who are constantly sort of evolving. And even though they lost, you know, Julian Edelman, 
and now uh, they've got you know significant problems with Danny Amendola. They'll figure something out. It's, you can just trust them to do that. And, you know, Amendola wasn't the centerpiece of that offense by any means. Chris Hogan will step up. Uh, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks will step up. Probably see more out of a couple of tight ends. You know, we'll see James White. We'll see Rex Burkhead in the slot more often. We'll see adaptations from that. Yeah, that's a great point. I agree with you on that. Before we get into some of this weekend's games, Arif, I want to give the fans a chance to get in on the action. When I started doing this podcast, people asked me for advice on picks. That's why we do the picks show. They're asking, you know, who I have, Chiefs, Patriots. And I tell them that it's not necessarily who you're betting on, it's where you're betting because you want to be taken care of. And I recommend going to mybookie.ag. They've been in the business for years. Their rep is rock solid, 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money and you're not doing anything. They just give it to you. They have the fastest payouts. Just two business days is seriously all it takes. So if you know who's going to win, lay down the cash and win big. When you win at MyBookie, they pay, and they have in-game live betting, as well as the most rewarding player perks in the business in an all-new mobile site that makes wagering easy. So if you want to do some wagering, maybe on the NFL on Sunday or college football on Saturday, join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use promo code LOVIKINGS. That's LOVIKINGS to activate offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.com. Org slash catalyst. Let's turn the page to the weekend and put a focus sort of on the NFC North games that are taking place. There's three of them on Sunday and, of course, the Vikings on Monday. The Bears are hosting the Falcons coming off that Super Bowl loss. On the road, the Falcons are favored by six and a half. I mean, it is Glennon, right? I, I'm, I'm out of the loop. Mike Glennon is starting. I think it might be Trubisky. I should really? actually be a little bit more informed about this, but you know he had a really great preseason, uh, and uh, and I think that he impressed enough people that uh, that he was named the starter. I should probably double check that. I think and part of my job description, but yeah, I think it's going to be Trubisky. I'm trying to do some quick googling, and I can't even find the answer quickly. Maybe they're holding the news out until Sunday. Well, do you think the Bears have a chance? I mean, Atlanta. To me, seems like the far superior team. I'm not sure I'm a big subscriber to the Super Bowl hangover theory. But again, you know, if you're looking at it from a spread standpoint, you're getting six and a half points at home. Soldier Field can be a tougher place to play. And that Bears defense, when healthy, might be just a, a tad underrated. I think it, it might be a closer game than people anticipate. Yeah, I still think that I think hangover is maybe the only way I think to explain that spread because. You know, I would assume that the spread between Atlanta and Chicago would be larger than the spread between, say, New England and Kansas City, and it wasn't. And so, you know, that's that's one that, you know, I took. I took Atlanta. I thought that they, they had a pretty good shot of, of beating the spread and then some. Um, but you always have to account for the fact that Atlanta had an outlier season on an offense. So you kind of bake that into your projections. You say, hey, they'll cool down a little bit on offense. Um, and, you know, they lost Kyle Shanahan. That's going to be kind of a big part of it. 
But I think defensively, you know, they're superior than they were last year. And so I think they can shore up some of the advantages that they lost. And I think the Bears are just uncertainty everywhere, right? Like, we, we already don't know who the quarterback is. And if it is Trubisky, you know, we don't know kind of what that means. We don't know sort of what's happening with the receiver situation. I think that that um, alone is a, is a good enough reason for us to, like, really reconsider whether or not the Bears will be able to score enough offensively, um, you know, to make hay. You know, I don't think that, you know, with Cameron Meredith, I don't think that Kevin White you know, has the ability to step up and, and do everything for them. Uh, and so I, I just don't think they have that offensive firepower. I like their offensive line. I like Jordan Howard. I don't think it's enough to carry the game. Uh, defensively, I think you're right. There is a little bit, you know, I think Leonard Floyd, for example, is going to get his due this year. Uh, and, you know, we're going to see a little bit of, of what's happening, um, you know, with their, with their safeties. And I think the, the linebackers, Ralph Freeman in particular, is, is really good. But I, I just think that the setup of the defense overall is just, it's not complete yet. And I think that if you're not complete and you're up against, you know, the best offensive of 2016 by a significant margin, probably the best offense last three years, well, that's that's a that's a really big problem. You need to be complete to to even you know be on the same field. So, yeah, I, I would say Atlanta in I guess a blowout. You know, like ten, thirteen, fourteen points. Sure, maybe a backdoor touchdown by the Bears to make it look closer than it really was. Yeah, the googling I've been doing as you were talking, it seems like Glennon is the quarterback. Then I would move the line even more in 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 Atlanta's favor if it's Glennon. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I would also take Atlanta to cover that. Uh, I I just think the Bears are too. There's not a lot of continuity on that offense, and and while the defensive line I think is pretty decent, and and I even think the interior of their offensive line is pretty good. I think they're going to lose a lot of battles in the trenches. So I'm going to go with Atlanta in that game. How about the Lions? They are also a home dog against the Cardinals. They're getting two points in a noon game on Sunday. Arizona, and you know, I was reading Bill Barnwell the other day, and he basically laid it out simply by saying Arizona has a very wide variety of outcomes this year. Yeah, They, they could be a complete bounce-back team. They're well-coached. They've got a quarterback who I think has the capacity to be a very good passer, as he was in 2015. Or it could be a further step back off of last year with sort of an aging uh, core a little bit on offense and and he, I'm not sure David Johnson can carry them unless Palmer is going to step it back up. So how do you think the Cardinals do this year, and do you think they beat Detroit? Yeah, that's a game that you know I stayed away from just because there's so many questions that you know, I don't really feel comfortable uh, you know, putting my money where my mouth is when I do end up making a conclusion. Uh, generally, I'm, I'm fairly pessimistic on, on the Cardinals. Um, they've gone some small way to addressing uh, the issues in their offensive line, and that's before you know, they grabbed Alex Boone. Um, but, yeah, you know, I still think that, that the offensive line, you know, is a concern. I, I don't have any confidence in D.J. Humphreys, who's now moved to left tackle from right tackle. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, with, uh, you know, with what the Lions can do in the pressure packages, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit worrisome. And, you know, they're a deep passing offense. So you see the seven-step drops that, you know, we in Viking land, you know, hate. But, you know, in Arizona they love. It does put, you know, Palmer at a lot of risk. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, he's – set up right now to, to have a bounce back year. Worried about, of course, the aging of Larry Fitzgerald. Worried about the inconsistency uh, of John Brown, you know, through no fault of his own, of course. Uh, and, uh, and you know, I, I agree with you. I don't think David Johnson can do it on his own. The defense, dynamic, exciting, explosive, fun, probably even built for the kind of offense that the Detroit Lions bring. 
Um, but I, I just don't know if, you know, kind of the other side of the ball can keep up. So, you know, gun to my head, I'm, I'm probably picking Detroit, uh, plus two, but it's, uh, you know, it's a tough decision. I think season long, the Cardinals are in for sort of a long, long road. I think, you know, of course they'll get some over, you know, the Rams, they'll get some over, uh, the 49ers. Um, but I, I don't see them making the playoffs this year. I mentioned Barnwell a little bit earlier, and this is more of a Lions point. Barnwell is extremely keen on evaluating how a team did in games decided by seven or less. And if if those numbers are skewed strongly one way, like Detroit's were last year, where they were winning every single game in the fourth quarter, it usually indicates a regression to the mean is coming. And in Detroit's case, I'm not sure they can sustain the amount of uh, comebacks they had last year, which really accounted for more than half of their wins and route to the playoffs, um, they were not a very good team in the first three quarters of games, and the entire sample size really wasn't that great for the Lions last year. They were just incredibly clutch, and a lot of that comes down to Matthew Stafford. I do think Arizona actually does come through in this game just because I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about that Lions defense as well. You know, ever since they lost Sue, for whatever reason, he was kind of the backbone of that defense. I thought they took a pretty big step back the previous two years and I'm going to go with Arizona on the road there I may regret that decision but again I I think Arizona has a high ceiling to play well I think they're going to show up on Sunday I hope they show up for the sake of the pick I've got one more for you Packers Seahawks kind of the feature game of the day you might say it's in Green Bay so it looks like every single NFC North team is at home Seahawks coming in that aging defense Russell Wilson on offense and Eddie Lacy in the revenge game. Who you got? You know, I, I'm I've probably got some blinders on, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll put that out there up front, and I'll still say, you know, I'll take I'll take the Seahawks, who I believe, you know, are three point dogs entirely because you know they're away, uh, and uh, and the reason for that I think is largely because I think, you know, Russell Wilson I think has demonstrated that he's kind of back to who he is. Like I think you know he had some injury problems last year. Uh, and and that you know put a lot of his games in question. They were, I think the Seahawks had an unusual close game record. Now that you mention it, um, and 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 they were kind of not the benefactors of that. I remember some pretty unusual situations like against Carolina, for example. Um, but I think that you know that defensive front, especially now after trading for Sheldon Richardson, even before that, but especially now that they've traded for him, it is unstoppable. I think that the Packers' offensive line uh, has you know degraded over the years. Uh, and and I think that that defensive line is just going to be enough to really put the screws on uh, the Packers, who I just don't think they've got a consistent receiving core. Jordy Nelson had half a good year, if that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had half a good year, if that. Although I suspect he'll bounce back. I'm just not. I, I'm not confident that Nelson will do it. I don't think Cobb can do it. I don't know if Devontae Adams can can live up to sort of what he did last year. Um, it's. I, I just think that there's a lot of Concerns to be had on that offense where they're probably, you know, they're going to be a top 15 offense. They're probably a top 10 offense, um, but it's not going to be enough to make up for, you know, a lot of defensive problems that they have. I just think that when you when you take a look at the Packers, you see a lot of more wasted potential than you see, you know, the pieces in place for a legitimate playoff run. The Seahawks, you know where the holes are. It's all five spots in the offensive line, um, but, uh, yeah, that's not really fair to Justin Britt. But, you know, that's... Uh, but they've been able to deal with that. And I think, you know, they've got amazing linebackers, amazing safeties, you know, a fantastic corner with, uh, it seems like an up-and-comer on the other side. 
they know what they're doing and they know how their pieces fit together. They've got one major problem. They've dealt with it. I just don't see that happening for the Packers. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks to cover and at minimum push if they get the plus three. We've got the blinders on completely because I think we we generally took the opposition of the NFC North teams in this uh, little, pi- little it, huh? picking exercise. <laughs> so Arif Hassan is our guest at Arif Hassan NFL. Don't want to keep you too long. I know you're working on stuff at zonecoverage.com. That will be posted later. Viking Saints related. Uh, really quickly before you get going, just a quick Viking Saints prediction because we probably won't talk to you prior to that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm worried about the Vikings offense, but I don't like the Saints defense as it stands. I know you've got a piece on that coming up soon that we'll be able to read. Uh, and I think that, you know, the you know the Drew Brees offense, it's always going to be good, and they're up against a pretty good defense. I think the Vikings offense matches up better against the Saints defense than vice versa. So, you know, I've got the Vikings pulling ahead. Um, not by a ton. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than a lot of people anticipate. So I'm taking the under, which I think is 48. Uh, and in saying something like 24-20 uh, Vikings over the Saints. Good way to start the season. Yeah, the, the Saints have, at times, you know, when they go on the road, I feel like they're an entirely different team. And, you know, I, I think back to, like, I think it was the Giants game last year where they only managed maybe 13 points. They are not guaranteed to be explosive offensively when they go on the road, and I think the Vikings have a nice history with their secondary intact of shutting down some highly explosive teams. And sometimes they bend early, but, you know, they don't necessarily break. They might give up a quick seven or a quick 10. If you look back to some games in the recent past, you know, Detroit on the road last year, actually Detroit game on the road the previous year as well, Washington last year. Once they figure out what's going on, it seems like they can lock it down pretty easily. So I'm not going to make my official prediction here because I'm going to hold that out till Monday, but... I think we're on the same page as far as evaluating that Viking Saints game. That'll be Monday night at 6 o'clock at U.S. Bank Stadium. Arif on Twitter, at Arif Hassan NFL. Thanks a lot for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. He's Arif. He's Elite. My name's Sam Ekstrom. This is Locked On Vikings, and this is the Locked On Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.